0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis. Thanks so much for joining me today. A quick little bit about why you're here on Industry Night with me. Um, So I've been covering the D.C. food, wine, and hospitality scene for like a really long time. 20 years to be exact. Uh, you do read the list, are you on it.com, the online e-zine that tells you about everything happening in the D.C. metro area. You tune in to Foodie and the Beast, D.C.'s only food and wine variety show, every Sunday at 11 a.m. on 1500. Of course, downloadable as a podcast. Of course, you check me out here on Industry Night and social at N Y C C I N E L L I S, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn and all those other social media channels. Um, and if you haven't noticed, I am around town lately, emceeing things, judging things, lots of fun things coming on, and possibly some TV stuff soon. I will keep you posted on all of that. Um, so very quickly here today, we are at the gorgeous Wells. So the Wells is attached to Duck and the Peach and La Calina. Holliswell Silverman and her team have this massive gorgeous restaurant and bar and restaurant complex. And Napa Valley Vintners is here today because they're doing a wine tasting for trade. Um, and they are letting me use this room while they're all pouring their wine. And so here's what happened. My good friend Julia Cooney is in town, and I was like, girl, while you're here, I'm going to have to interview you. But before I tell everybody why she's so fabulous, I'm going to tell you quickly about where I've been and what I've been doing. So normally I take you on a whole DC tour because that's where I've been and what I've been doing, except I was just in New York. So very quickly, um, I did go up to Brooklyn because I had to check out the Terry Mugler exhibit. It's at the Brooklyn Museum. It's got a couple more weeks left. If you are a fashion devotee, you need to see this. It is magnificent. There's also a ton of Hamlet Lang photos, which I'm a major fan of. So totally worth checking out. I did have dinner at Leland Eating and Drinking House. Such a darling little place. It's so Brooklyn. It's like Portlandia and Brooklyn had a baby together. Um, the food is really lovely, gorgeous little wine list. It's exactly what you want in a neighborhood in Brooklyn. Uh next day, lunch at Le Cuckoo. You know, Steven Starr rocks it out like nobody else at that space. Um, I had amazing Chablis, uh, which I'm going to butcher. I'm gonna to try to say it correctly. It's Alice at Olivier de Moore Lee Vandiger mask. Whatever. It was a Chablis. It was delicious, um, as was the food, which was lobster and leeks and duck and some creamy, yummy chocolate at the end. The service is sublime um, and you're right in Soho. So for shoppers like clothing shoppers, all kinds of shoppers, you definitely want to be in Soho. Got to see Sean Hayes in Goodnight Oscar during previews. Um, an amazing show. If you're not familiar with it, please Google it. He, con- Sean Hayes is a concert pianist. You know him from Will and Grace, just Jack. Um, but he's a concert pianist and he plays um, Oscar, whose name I can't think of. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Oscar Levant. He plays Oscar Levant, and uh, who was a concert pianist and also sort of a bon vivant during the 60s. Um, it's a fascinating fascinating show um and he does an amazing concerto at the end so if you have the opportunity i highly recommend it uh lastly brunch at balthazar because who doesn't want to sit outside on the new york city streets and watch all the people traipse by during brunch of course we had all the pastries we had bottles of rosé um and some uh, eggs in purgatory because you have to keep your rosé in the right place or else you know you all know what happens there okay so, uh, if you want to see more of my New York trip, just go to Instagram. It's all on there. Um, and I have other great uh, pics and advice as well. So, on to today's show. So, Julia and I go quite a ways back. Um, the first time we met, we were actually at a discussion on champagne. Uh, and you walked into the room and you just lit up the place. You have like a light around you, which attracts people. To you, everybody wanted to go over and say hello to you. Now, most of the people there already knew you, and I didn't. But then we met, and we just clicked. And I, I'm am- amazed by you because you're not just only this incredibly talented wine educator, wine journalist, and speaker. Um, you're the recipient of Wine Enthusiast 2020 Social Visionary Award, um, and and you were a beauty blogger like you have all these <laughs> there's all these crazy parts but now you were like you you're at this pinnacle and you created um the black wine professionals list which is I think the last time I had you on the show when you created that and what that is and what that means. Um, lastly, you and I most recently were on a trip to Israel with Reality Israel, which was a life-changing... Still, still, still in awe of that trip. Right. Life-changing, life-changing event. Um, I'd love to go down a rabbit hole with you on that, but I kind of want to start with you. Like, for people who don't know you, can we just get a little background? Like, how did you go from this beauty blogger to wine?
1: So, wine is actually my third career.
0: Okay, cheers first. Oh, cheers. Salud, my love. Salud. Thank you. Mm.
1: Wine is my third career. So, when I was 26 years old, I was a legal assistant, mm-hmm. and the attorney I worked with had just been in Napa, California. So, this is 1999. Okay. So, this is a long time ago. This wasn't as big a wine scene as we know. Mm-hmm. And he had a barbecue at his house, and he was pairing Opus One, Camus, of all, Wines with Texas brisket.
0: Okay, so we're starting really low. We're starting really low.
1: Well, I've been drinking margaritas. So I went from margaritas <laughs> to these high, nice wines. And I was just, you know, fascinated. Like most people who discover wines. And right. my family doesn't drink. So I was, how do you get the cherries in the wine? Where is this coming from? Mm. And he just started bringing me wine magazines. He brought the Robert Parker Report, which is a physical paper, right. physical report back then. And I just devoured it. I started drinking wine, you know, going to the, you know, the wine store and mm-hmm. following. Well, Bob told me to drink. Right. I bought. <laughs> and, and then from there, I moved to D.C. Mm. A few years later, I was still a legal assistant and working in D.C., I worked in technology. So I worked with the International Trade Commission and I went to a thing at H- Howard University. But I was going
0: to say in D.C., in D.C., there's so much wine.
1: But in at 2005. Events. At events. But in 2005. Oh, was it was a chip wine.
0: It was no, it wasn't chip wine. It's just DC wasn't
1: what the food scene wasn't the same what it is now. I mean, it was there. Oh, no. Okay, But go ahead. you know. Right. And somebody told me I should start a beauty blog because she was a beauty editor at Elle magazine and she asked me what I did for my skin. because
0: your skin is radiant.
1: And I said I go to Paris every year and get a facial. And she was she just started laughing. She went you need a beauty blog. And I started writing as I was a legal assistant about all the shopping and the facialists that I was spending time with every makeup artist that I would meet. As mm-hmm. a consumer, I wasn't working in the business. I didn't even think about beauty. I wasn't thinking about a wine job. I loved I loved my legal job. Okay. I really did. I loved it. And that started in 2006 and eventually the the beauty job was over was passing the the legal job mm-hmm. and, and not just enjoy it was just like i think i could do this full time and so i took a. well gap.
0: you could make a living off of I
1: it did, i, could make I a mean living free of
0: product, it. product is one thing you can't live off a free you, product you can't
1: live off free product
0: right and so in 2010 i
1: quit my legal job wow. to try to be a beauty writer and i did that and so i was beauty in beauty for 10 years mm-hmm. and after 10 years i was like what do I want to do when I'm 50? That's what I kept thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I was 43 and mm-hmm. I said, what do I want to do when I was 50? And my mother was living it, and she was like, please do something in wine because this house is full of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if you do something in wine, <laughs> there's going to be more of it. Hello. And
1: I decided to start a wine blog and right. to start wine writing and freelancing and pitching stories. And the wine industry that I thought I was entering wasn't the same as what was in my what was happening? Well,
0: if I can, mm-hmm. um, as a woman of color, yes, there was not a lot of women of color writing about wine.
1: Not writing. The only one was Dorothy Gator.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: Of the Wall Street Journal. At the, yes. And from
0: the 90s at that time. Right. But, I mean, there are also... Women were not, even in the early 2000s, prevalent in making wine. I mean, there was no... I think a lot of women winemakers and women wine journalists were kind of pushed to the back because they weren't given the same sort of value. Exactly. So how did you, I mean, how'd you hustle your way in? Because
1: I'm a hustler. I know
0: that. <laughs> That's the thing. I kept thinking
1: if I learn everything, and I don't mean just studying for certifications. If I really study wine, the craft of wine, mm-hmm. interviewing winemakers, you know, sometimes you have to. You have to put in the work and you have to use your own money. So mm-hmm. I was using my own money to really like, okay, I want to come visit you. I want to talk you to you. You just didn't
0: give away like beauty masks and stuff like no, that? No, I wish I could have. <laughs> like, But that helped me
1: hone and hustle and, you know, do reporting, take journalism classes, really look at it as a craft. Mm-hmm. And I think in 2016 when I did that, it was wine was at this cusp, right? Mm. It was a cusp of women. It was if you go back to 2016, the natural wine movement was changing things. Right. So everything was happening in wine. And I was like, I want to be a part of this. Okay. And so for me, I didn't see myself in wine the way I thought I had in my head as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Now that I was entering the business.
0: So how did you see yourself? I saw myself as a wine journalist Okay, but the rest of the but now you're a wine activist and a journalist. And exactly, and
1: so I, the wine journalist became a wine activist.
0: So what does so for those who don't understand what that means, let's talk about what that means because you are writing about wine. I'm writing about and wine. People want you to write about wine. They want me to write about wine. Yes. But
1: I had a winemaker tell me he didn't expect me to be black when I went to interview him.
0: Oh my god, people don't know how to keep their mouths shut. <laughs>
1: Just and I said, well, I you know, can I curse on here? Yeah, I said, oh, well, I didn't expect you to be an asshole, but right. here we are. But, and so that was the comment. And so then I was just like, oh, I need to, I need to really start speaking on my experience. Because people were like,
0: what's your experience in wine? And I was like, it's not pleasant. I, sorry. Also, go fuck yourself. Like, I mean, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. I mean, just because you're a black woman writing about wine doesn't mean you should have to prove what you know about wine. Exactly. Considering lots of people consider you an expert.
1: Well now they do. This right. was 2016. Okay. 2016, 2017 up until 2018 that, that wasn't that wasn't a, a thing. Okay. And then I started talking about the issues of racism in the industry mm. in a way no one really had.
0: And what does that mean? So, for people who maybe didn't see that or don't understand what the issues of racism were in the industry, what were you telling? What were the stories? Well, I was I was
1: telling the stories of walking into trade tastings and people like you're you're in the wrong space, and I would give my name, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're supposed to be here." Mm-hmm. It was a perception of what someone looks on the outside as a wine professional, mm-hmm. and so. Now we have you know
0: post 2020. Well, I was going to say, well, yeah, post 2020. But like I think about that room today. Oh, the room today, and, you know, look like at the, look at the Duck that. and the Peach, like today. So, so again, nice. just reminding people, we're we're here today specifically because there is a Napa Valley Vintners uh, Trade Wine Tasting. Over 25 uh, winemakers are pouring their wines. It is so diverse age yep. is diverse, age. we need to talk like
1: age, it's not all race, right? It's yeah. age, even like- They're super young people, young people, old, people, old, people old people, everyone colors, in between. colors, shapes, straight, size, everything. Yes, all of everything. You know, it's amazing. I was speaking to a young lady today at the My Chablis event, she was deaf. I mean, how great is that she That's feels, amazing. she's part of the wine industry. That's the beauty mm-hmm. of what I do. That's why I'm a wine activist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a journalist and consultant. But, but yeah.
0: how uh, open, back in 2016, when mm-hmm. you realized how your articles needed to change and how you had to put your personal perspective into yes. it. Cause that is a huge shift when mm-hmm. it comes to writing. Um, how were your pitches received? They weren't. Okay.
1: <laughs> no one wanted to talk about it. Mm. No one really wanted to broach that subject. Cause you know, it's touchy, you know, yeah, it is, you know, ageism, sexism, racism is touchy. And mm-hmm. I get, and I get that, but I wanted them to really listen. And so, That's why on my blog, I wrote an open letter to the wine industry Mm -hmm. and I tagged every person who I thought would repost it and it went viral. Mm. And then it went into the major wine newsletter at the time that had over two million readers a day. And I woke up the next day and my inbox was flooded with people like, how can we help? Oh, I love that. That's that's what changed it. It was people, how can I help? What, what do I need to change? What do I need to do? Let's have a conversation.
0: Isn't that amazing? Yes. I mean, but, you know, in talking uh, my earlier interview today with Teresa Wall mm-hmm. of uh, Napa Valley Vintners and the two winemakers, uh, all women, I mean, the changes in the wine industry, are you know, is really apparent. You know, one of the uh, things that we were talking about was how we treat our employees, how we're a part of the community. Sustainability does not just mean how we take care of the earth. It's how we take, take care, care of, of everyone, our community. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a shift. That's a shift. It's a right. I mean, granted, it was all women. And I think that has a lot to do with <laughs> it. But it is a major shift. It's
1: a major shift. I think, you know, we think about. When everybody was sitting home during the pandemic, right, mm-hmm. and we all saw what happened on TV, we saw George Floyd, we saw yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. That really changed people. I yes, mean, it, did. it changes it changed our industry for for the best. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it really did. So we have more opportunity. People have more opportunity. But that was your impetus to create black wine professionals. So what what does that mean for people who don't know what it is? Well, I know what it is, but I what know does it for mean? people
1: who d- like. Is for people who have already been working in the industry. You have so many people that were never quoted in an article. They were never recognized. You know, you've been on press trips. You know what a press trip is. They've never been on a press trip, but they've been a song for 15, 20 years. Mm. And it never been to a region that they were selling the wine because no one put them on a list. Hmm. So that's why I do what I do. So that people have access. It's, It's not about me. I know my why. My why is other people
0: right so you just constantly keep that list updated I keep and that list updated. how do you do you do anything with the list like are you if media contacts yes. you right do you like make recommendations yes but here's like the that? thing
1: now because of the list they don't even need to contact me yeah. if you need a director you just click on the director link if you need a retail buyer if you need an importer if you need a media person if you need a podcaster they're all on the list they're all updated That's amazing. so you don't have to even email me you just literally go on the list
0: that is amazing. Yeah, so
1: the list is always current mm-hmm. when people leave jobs or anything, and not right now. We partner with different organizations to get certifications, but also host events like to, like we're doing with this Shabli Scholar Series, where right. we're going to different cities and we're doing trade tastings. Right. So you're taught by peers who also look like you. Mm. So everybody's welcome, though everybody's welcome. But these
0: people would never get access to teach these classes. It's amazing, and actually, I love, I love. That it's about your peers working together. Yes. Right? To help raise other people's voices. Yes. I just know? go and
1: do an intro. I don't teach the class. It's okay. not for
0: me to teach the class. It's for them to teach the class. That makes all the sense. And so for who, them to get the like, check. So you did the Shibley <laughs> today. Right. Yes. Who taught the class today? Nadine, Nadine. and Jay. That makes sense.
1: I didn't teach the class. I just spoke about the class and spoke about the partnership and spoke about a trip with me to Shibley that Shibley mm-hmm. Region is sponsoring through an essay competition. But I didn't lead
0: the class. I'm not leading the classes. It's not for me to lead. Okay, so that brings me to your trips. Because <laughs> girl, you travel. I do. So let's talk about, but your your wine travel has changed because now you do travel. So let's talk about your wine travel first. Okay. And how you're taken to all these areas mm-hmm. to taste wine, meet winemakers and etc. And what you do with that content. And then let's talk about how you now have this whole new travel arm of your business yes okay so
1: I go on like media trips to different regions to learn to meet producers wine fairs around the world and that's exciting right because
0: I know but let's not be too let's not pee too insider baseball what does that mean
1: that means a region decides to send journalists to study just say we're studying in Italy, right? You might be in Alto Adige. You might be in Prosecco. Right. And you're tasting all these wines to really learn about the wine, to meet the producers, to bring that information back to consumers, to readers. That's what I do. Right. But the beauty of that now is, you know, because I work with
0: American. Mm-hmm. American Airlines.
1: I'm the wine consultant for American Airlines. Right. I'm also able to find different wines that I probably wouldn't be able to
0: find. Because now you're a buyer, basically. I'm. Yes. You're not buying. You're not. You're not. You're not pulling your credit card out, but you're making the recommendations for the wines. Yes. Which is
1: exciting because it gets, I get to play around with fun, fun wine. Who doesn't want to do that? Right. And then I get to see it on a plane. Mm -hmm. I get to see it in a lounge Mm -hmm. and that's very exciting. Right. It's always exciting because now people see me and they're like, oh, I had the wine or I get a DM. I'm on the plane. Did you choose this wine? Wait, they don't have
0: your picture up there (laughs) being like, look who picked our wine. No, 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 Okay we're working on it i mean seriously i think you should be doing that but anyway (laughs) um okay so that's how the media trips Mm -hmm. and so you started doing those like what 2016 2018 2018 yes and but you do a lot of them a year
1: i do a lot of them a year
0: okay probably like six to seven that's a lot that's a lot and i'm sure some are better than others and is that what sort of spurred in you hey i can do this Spurred, Did people ask you to lead them? Like what? No, no, no. no they no, don't no. ask me. Anything. What spurred okay. me to lead them was
1: so many people want to learn about wine in a fun environment, mm-hmm. right? Not as a professional, but they're a consumer. Mm-hmm. So it was a, with a friend we decided to create first a champagne trip. Mm-hmm. How do you discover champagne? Well, you go to champagne. Wow. And we were literally standing on Dom Perignon's grave in Hauteville, France, and we're like, let's do a trip. And we create consumer-focused trips to learn about producers. You taste all this champagne. You do a private shopping experience with me, and this in a fun, casual, interesting environment. So,
0: but that's hard to do. Yes, it I is. mean, <laughs> I appreciate what you're doing, but to me, because I've been asked, like people have asked me, they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, if you get a group of fifteen people together, you know, you could do a trip, blah blah blah." I don't want to be responsible for other people's happiness. So taking that on to me- Is a lot. Is a lot, you know, like, I mean, just, I mean, as a former event planner and like three jobs ago, just like you said, I mean, I remember like, you know, people can't find the bathroom on their own. Do you know what I mean? So taking on the responsibility of making sure people are having that fun, good time Mm -hmm. is a huge endeavor.
1: It is, but you know what? If you flip it around Mm -hmm. and you look at the joy yes that they're having mm-hmm. that's the beauty of the trips
0: okay the smiles
1: on people's faces the memories that when they tag you in the wines that they bought and they finally get them in their home and they get to taste them uh-huh. that's the joy okay yeah they can't find or they're you know they're hung over they're exhausted that's fine we can right. find Tylenol we can find Pedialyte right we can do all that thing. <laughs> we can do all those things <laughs> but the memories I'm part of their memory mm-hmm. and that to me is why I do wine
0: so how many trips now are you doing a year Four to five. Four. So these are four trips. Yes. That you and your business partner, business partner. Uh, put together. Yes. And where do they go?
1: Portugal, Champagne, Cognac. I do one with another company through Leon and Provence. And she and I are actually launching a brand new travel company next
0: year. Okay. And that that's always. So focused- Leon Provence, like, rosé country? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Lots of rosé. Rosé okay.
0: country. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Provence? I want to go to Provence. And look in Saint-Tropez and
1: sit at a chateau drinking rosé. I do. In You're I frolicking don't... in a garden. I would like oh. to go. I know. I want to go. So we do. those trips are already sold out for 2023. No... It's crazy. That's because you don't tell me about the trips. Well, what happened is we have repeat customers. I have no doubt. And, and they just, the, I don't even remember when the the trip is launched because I don't handle the launching part. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, I'm like, oh, the trip is sold out. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> By the time I post it's they're like, the trip is sold out. I'm like, I'm so sorry.
0: Well, it's an exciting, I'm sure now this really becomes another job.
1: It becomes another job. Right.
0: So it's very exciting. That yes. This is what comes out of everything, right? Yes. Like I always say to people, when I launched the list, are you on it?com, I just was launching information. Mm-hmm. I just wanted information that I could not find available. And then all these other, I'm sitting here with you today. I mean, all these other things came to me exactly because of that one thing. But yeah. I didn't know that that's I, there was no intention for this there was no intention for a lot of things now i'm intentional about what i want Exactly. but back then i was just like no i'm just doing this website and you know i love food and i love wine and i want people and i love dc and i want people to know about what's here and what's available do you know what i mean yeah. so i feel like it's in the in the same way you know step a gets you to b b gets you to c sometimes you jump over d and you get over to e or f or whatever but there, there is a path. It's fascinating. But that's why we're
1: launching a new company, mm-hmm. right?
0: The company is not about me. I'm not
1: leading all the trips. Right. What I found was you have all these wine professionals who study a region, study wine, and people want to travel with them, right? Mm-hmm. They have their own following. Sure. They don't know how to put a trip together. No. Exactly. So we're creating the trip for them. Amazing. So if you're a specialist, I have a specialist in Florence. I mean, in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. She's leading a Tuscany trip. I'm not leading that trip. Right. I'm just coordinating for her. We'll help that's her promote brilliant. it. We'll, you know... You'll me, get the people. We'll get the people. No, she'll get the people. Oh. We handle the logistics. We handle the hotel. We handle all the transportation. She shows up and be fabulous.
0: That sounds amazing. Yeah, she just
1: leads the wine tasting. We have a tour operator with her. Mm-hmm. With We have a, a person doing South Africa. We're doing South Africa, Italy, Loire Valley, Azores. And what is the name of this new company? Aprivé Journeys. Okay. Because... We'll every, put that in the show notes. Every time you travel... Mm-hmm. No matter if you're with people, you still
0: have a private journey. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. All right. I want to get a little gossipy. Yes. Before we finish up here. So given your entree into the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I have great stories about male psalms who were really... <laughs> Unkind Mm -hmm. to me. Yes, I'm sure you have great stories too. Yes. So just for grins, because we can be all positive all the time, but let's let's do some dirt dishing. So I want to hear about one story about somebody other than the asshole, obviously. Yeah. Um, who just challenged you in a way that was meant to take you down, not a way to raise you up.
1: Well, it was when you probably get this when you were with your husband. At a restaurant. Oh,
0: yeah. They give the wine list to him.
1: And I am usually very adamant. He knows nothing about wine. Like, I am very adamant. And you know what I do? Tell me. Because instead of going, oh, I'm so sorry, I asked for a new song or, or, and I asked for the manager. Good for you. God, I don't I love stop it. anymore going, trying to appease them because they didn't listen to me when I mm-hmm. asked for the wine list. So Mm -hmm. now I want your manager to know that you don't appreciate when a woman asks for a wine list. Good for you. I love that. I just, I don't do it anymore. I used to go, okay, it's okay. It's not okay. No, you're right. It's not. If I ask for the list, give me the list. Mm -hmm. And usually I say he doesn't know anything about wine. Why would you hand it to him when I ask? Right. So usually those are the ones who before I would feel this need to spend more money on wine. Right. To placate that they don't think I know. So I'm going to order something expensive off the list. I don't mm-hmm. even do that. That's right. why I ask for a
0: manager. Right. I, I t- totally, totally it. understand that. Yes. No, my favorite uh, bad Psalm story um, is, uh, you know, don't roll your eyes, but I'm not a Riesling fan. Mm-hmm. And I know there are good Rieslings out there, yeah. but I'm like, you do there- have to. I'm like, aren't there lots of other wines? Yes. Like lots of other wines. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Every som is like, oh, I got a Riesling for you. And I'm always like, okay. I mean, can I just have my Rosé or my Chardonnay or whatever the fuck I ordered? Like yeah. I'm always like, I don't understand. But anyway, I was at a wine bar. I'm not going to name it. And uh, the guy was telling me they have all these great Rieslings, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, um, no, I really don't <laughs> want the Riesling. I ordered an orange wine, actually, and he came over with five glasses and he said, you tell me which one is the Riesling. And I was like, what is this, a
1: dog and pony show?
0: I was like, I should, I should have, had I, had I heard your story, what I should have done is I should have gotten up and left. Yes. Because there is no hospitality in that, in challenging me. I'm not a wine expert. I just, even if you are, I just ordered a (laughs) glass of wine. I mean, Anyway, there is something about me when I tell somebody that I don't like a Riesling that it's a challenge to them. It's like they think it's a gauntlet thrown and I'm like, I don't... I don't understand why. There's so many wines in this world. What am I missing? You're
1: not missing anything. You know what you like and you know what you don't want to drink. Right. That is the thing. If someone tells me I don't like champagne, I don't like wine with bubbles, you know what? We have millions of steel wines. Right. T- pick a color and I will give you a wine. Right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm right. not go- the, and, but that's also not great for the business of wine Mm -hmm. it is not great for the business of hospitality right because your job is just to bring me what I ask for
0: right well actually (laughs) to that point it's really funny when you talk about spending more money Mm -hmm. that used to be hard for me because my husband would always give me the wine list or like when I was just at Le Cuckoo who by the way has an amazing psalm he is fabulous fat rich like Uh, So he came over to me, I pointed out that Chablis, and he's like, let me explain the Chablis to you. And he's explaining it to me, and he's like, listen, you're not going to like the first sip, but it's going to open up and it's going to be fabulous. At least he says something honest. Right. And I said to him, see those two people, there, my parents. I'm like, my dad loves Chablis, but he's not waiting around to enjoy it. I was like, can we find something in this price range? And he was like, sure. So the first wine he gave me was about $200 more than the price range. Now, normally, that would have intimidated me. And I would have just said, oh, okay, let's do that. But I was like, you know, I really want to stay in this price range. And he was like, okay, I got gotcha. I can keep you there. And he brought the gorgeous wine. So people always talk about wine being intimidating. I think psalms talk a lot about wine being intimidating. It is really up to them to make it approachable.
1: Well, it's not approachable. It's not wine is not approachable in a restaurant. I will say that all the time because okay. if someone says this is my budget mm-hmm. and I'm trying to stay within it, your first bottle should always be within that budget. Your mm-hmm. second bottle should be within that budget. Not a dollar more, not a dollar less. And it's one of those things. I think there's a disconnect because people feel like their dollars don't mean anything when they go to a restaurant if they're telling you this is my budget. Right. We have to. We have to listen to the customer. No, I do. I wish every song. I wish every person in hospitality read Danny Myers book, setting the table. It's an amazing. I think everybody should read that before you go on a floor Mm -hmm. because you really understand because some days your budget is one thing. And some days your budget is another thing. Agreed. And we have to honor all those. Mm -hmm. And the customer It's not about customer being right. Right. It's that we're there for the customer.
0: I, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. Since we have to wrap up. Okay. One of the things I have to ask you, since I have traveled with you, (laughs) I call it Julia's travel tips because Julia's got like little things that everybody should need to know when they travel. So you always have stuff in your bag so that you have everything with you when you travel. So what are, let's say, five items that you're like, must have when I travel? Okay. I think you always need
1: a binder clip. And I know that is like the weirdest thing. That is the weirdest thing. Because if your luggage breaks... Or something happens like with a purse strap, you can always binder clip it till you can get to something else. Okay. So you always, need, not a small binder clip, a medium or a large binder clip. Check. Done. Check. Okay. Right? You always need to carry on many like Tylenol, Advil, any, any like little emergency kit. Mm-hmm. Like that's always going to be, you always also need hydration tablets mm-hmm. because you're going to be drinking. You're going to be tired. You're going to have all that. Mm-hmm. And you need to reduce em- Put Things down small, right? Mm-hmm. So, you have I'm to, also gonna say emodium,
0: emodium, <laughs> emodium, yes, travel,
1: right? Yes, and so you always need a mini sunscreen because mm-hmm. you never know you're gonna use. And also, if you're sitting on a plane flying in the day and you're on a window seat, you need sunscreen. Mm,
0: good point, yeah. Because if you're, if
1: you're flying yeah. on a window, right? No, no, you always right. need that, you always need to know exactly where your hotel is located. And you always need to share a live location with a friend. So in case you're walking by yourself, somebody has an idea where you are last. Mm. Such good advice. So you always like share your live location. Mm -hmm. They always need to know where it is. And you always need to have your phone fully charged. And I know people like sometimes that their phone gets like 30%, which freaks me out. Mm -hmm. You always need to have a fully charged phone. Mm
0: -hmm. And And a
1: charger. And a charger to make sure. But you also need to know every escape route of a hotel as a woman. Mm -hmm. That is my big thing. And make sure that the hotel doesn't put you more than 10 doors from the elevator. That is such good. Because if you're a woman traveling, you don't want to go around the corner, around the corner, around the corner. Right. You need to know like you can escape. Yes. I know that sounds like really like, no, 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 (laughs) no, no. no. I always think that and make sure they don't announce your room number.
0: Awesome. No, all of that is very true. When I was young and I was traveling for business in my previous life, they once put me in a room like off like off in the <laughs> hinterlands and I remember walking in and being like yeah this doesn't feel safe yes. and I went all the way back downstairs and I was like I need yeah. a different room this is not going to work and my right. last thing for really anyone is to carry many post-it
1: notes like I always have my passport or your ID a mini post-it note in case the room peephole doesn't have a cover you get to put the post-it note on top of it
0: okay look at you I love it. <laughs> all right Julia's travel tips You love I love it all right where can we find you? Instagram, like how do you, how do you communicate with people these days?
1: Everywhere. Um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all at Julia Coney, J U L I A C O N E Y. All
0: right good to see you babe love you Love you okay too. thanks so much for You're joining welcome. me today and thank you all for joining us today uh, again we're at the beautiful wells here as a part of the duck and the peach and la colleen of Ho- hollis wells silverman um please follow me at n-y-c-c-i-n-e-l-l-i-s for all my delicious travels and eats and good things um, Check out Foodie and the Beast every Sunday at 11 a.m. on 1500. And of course, uh, follow me at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the things. Um, let's see what else. I think that's it. Subscribe to YouTube. Check out what we're doing. And everybody, please be safe out there and have a delicious week. Produced by HeartCast Media.